Welcome, this is the Teaching Excellence Podcast for all things FE, teaching, learning, assessment, quality and possibly a few other things along the way. Hosted by Steph Wilkinson and Jade Gibson, leaders in FE who want to support others and make a difference and hopefully spread a little happiness whilst we're at it. Welcome to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, today I'm joined by Joanne Miles. Hi, Joanne. Hello, Steph. Lovely to be with you this busy term. Yeah, how are you doing? Oh, just working with the people a lot. I'm, you know, I work in freelancing colleges and I do a lot of training and coaching support work. And, and now people are just reflecting on their year and really thinking about what's been going on with their learners and trying to plan well for next term. So I just feel like there's a lot of challenge there in, in crisp thinking at a time of year when everybody's really exhausted. Yeah, I know it's a bit of a crazy time, isn't it? But we um, we catch up every now and again, and, and we always say, let's just record our conversations because we we go around the country, we talk to lots of different people, we see what people are up to, and and we know um, there's so much going on, there's so much thinking happening, but there's also the need for speed um, because we're we're racing towards the end of term three and people are thinking about September so yeah we thought it'd be really good just to talk about reflection spaces and reflection in general and all of the different sort of themes that are coming up all across the country in different ways different different places um so yeah let's 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 go to who you've been talking to what about um and what sorts of things have been cropping up I, I think what's been interesting to me recently is people have realised that they are hectic, they've been very active, there's been a lot of change obviously this year with the situation in education and it's really important this term to take that pause and to stop and step back. So lots of places where I've worked have been setting up really great sessions for teachers to just ponder what's been working well for them with their students, what skills have they developed in the last year, which areas of curriculum do they want to develop further going forward and having those conversations in quiet thoughtful meetings often enabled by question prompts, which are really helpful, as you know, for reflection. So that's been really encouraging to see people making space and time for that really valuable activity. Yeah, I think there is a tendency to um, get ready for September, but not have really thoughtfully processed what's happened. I mean, we have, if, if, we're, if we're honest, we have from the beginning, you know, it's been 15 months or, or longer now that we have been trying to reflect in action, haven't we? We've been yes. trying to figure out and make sense of what's been going on in action. And it's only now that we can see it, that September will be different. There is chance to make it different because we're not, we've got a choice from September, haven't we? We've got a real choice about, fingers crossed, we've got a choice about where we go, what we do, how we do it but more importantly, why, why we do it. Absolutely. And I think that is one of the biggest things that's come out of the last the last year and, and more is that people are really now focusing on the rationale of what they're doing and why they're doing it. And it's it's been really nice to see people really questioning what we're doing across different um, aspects of education. But I think, you know, one of the biggest things is as you've just said, is that space for teachers to process, but also think about 
what is working, what hasn't worked, but not just to scrap it. Think about what hasn't worked, but why do we then scrap that? Or what hasn't worked and does it need to be different? Yeah. Um, I think what what I'm interested in what people are coming up with in terms of what's worked and maybe what needs to be critically thought about a bit a bit more. I think there's there's so many things that people have considered, and some of that is around actually how curriculum works, how timetabling works with students, mm-hmm. about thinking about session length and how that might work next year suddenly this year there's been that creative opportunity to say instead of having a three-hour session maybe I'm chunking that down into smaller blocks where I'm doing some activity with a whole group together and then I may be spending some time with clusters of learners doing more one-to-one support or more small group activity mm-hmm. so if you like there's a less rigid way of thinking about even organizing our time in college which I think is really really exciting mm-hmm. I think people have also started to say what's the relative value of using the technology to assist and enhance the learning and where are the real values of face-to-face what do we really need and want to do face-to-face that we need to enable and promote and fit into those spaces where does technology actually help us be more flexible maybe more differentiated and more convenient for students and it's making those choices aligned to the benefit for the students which as, as you said I think is the most important thing the rationale in terms of the benefit for learning yeah and and what's popping up in my head is this has been this real what has been a real struggle this year in in a lot of ways is the practical development of skill yeah so there is a conversation that's happening around um practical skill development and maybe in aspects there there has been times where students haven't developed their skills as well as maybe they would have done if they were in college yes Uh, but teachers and colleges have found lots of different ways but also front-loaded practical skill development at the beginning of last year yeah and they've actually found that that has had its benefit as well so early early doors last September term one lots of front loading of practical skill development a real focus on you know enhancing skills on feedback on that continuous improvement of practical skill development and um i think people have seen that that really engage students yeah from the beginning of the year getting their hands on it quickly yeah and isn't that just really great in terms of a point of reflection in that you know, if because then the students seem to understand the context of the theory a lot better yes. rather than, and I know I'm, 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 it's a broad statement, but we have before now gone slowly with practical skill de- development because we feel like it needs to be built up over time. But where there was kind of this immersive practical element, there's been real benefits to that. Yeah, I can really see that in terms of engagement, in terms of the relevance for students who that's something they want to do. That's going to be their future career and profession. Getting into that quickly, feeling like they're starting to acquire skills they're going to use in the workplace is going to be really, really motivating and engaging. And it's something you can then build on in theory. So I think no longer are we saying, okay, it might be theory first and practical second. 
It might be that there are threads running parallel. It might be that it's practical first and then unpicking the theory afterwards. I think this creativity in thinking about how we structure curriculum and how we look at models across the term is actually a really exciting thing. And it's something the pandemic's opened up. Mm. It's, it's put lots of options on the table that I think previously maybe weren't being considered yeah because of common ways of doing things if you like yeah and and that, i think that's what's really exciting probably because i am the person you're similar we look at different options different ways of doing things and we always challenge ourselves more than anything to come up with different ways of doing things but i think that's what's really exciting for me is is making sure that we have thought about well what are all the options let's lay all the options on the yes. table because i think we're probably at risk of thinking that the options are online delivery or in-person delivery, that that's that isn't no. it's not binary. No. There are not two options available to us. And the conversation that that is cropping up around online delivery is for me, what is coming out of some of that conversation is it's not necessarily about whether we deliver it online, it's actually about what are the digital skills and digital capabilities that we need to equip our students with? Because if you think about work readiness, career readiness, or even um, I like to think about it, about education as developing leaders of the future. So if we think about education in that way, how are we supporting those students to become technologically confident and competent yeah. so that they can go into their work, their careers, leadership in the future with, with a confidence in technology because technology ultimately isn't going away. Yeah. But then the other side of it is how do we use technology to enhance learning? It's not yes. whether it's online or not online. No. It's about how is all, has all the technology that's helped us this last year, how has that enhanced learning? And in some cases, it won't have enhanced learning. It's, it was a case of just figuring it out mm -hmm. and making some stuff happen because we had to, we, we didn't have a choice. But there are aspects of the ways of which we've been doing things or the tools that we've used that has had benefits to learning. And they're the ones that I'm really interested in and really interested in making sure that people sit and think about those. And, yeah. you know, there's some really interesting conversations happening around technology and maths and English. Yes, definitely. I mean, I'm hearing that and I'm hearing a lot of teachers saying we've noticed the differentiation. We can support often more appropriately by using extra online tools. We can do the cluster work to really get to personally talk to learners to give maybe more verbal feedback in a more personal way than we used to when we were working completely with a whole group all the time. Mm -hmm. The idea of things like parents evenings in the school sector have told me that you, doing those through technology has been a revelation mm -hmm. in terms of take up and access to people so I think there are as you said there are real benefits that can be brought to it but we've got to identify and sit and notice what those have been and notice where they'll fit into our new blend for the future so for colleges I've been saying the question for you is what does the blend look like for you next year where do you want the technology to fit because hopefully as you rightly said we'll have choices as opposed to the emergency remote teaching which we were doing for a lot of last year yeah 
and and that is um one of the big conversations um that's happening it's it's around personalization of learning personalized learning journeys and sometimes that can be really hard can't it you know it's, it's really challenging for teachers to think about all of the students they have and um the areas for development that they have their learning points and how to make significant progress for all learners mm -hmm. that is quite challenging but one of the biggest conversations that's cropping up at the minute because people are thinking about september is what does induction look like and mm. what does the first six weeks look like because this is where initial assessment could be quite overloading like overwhelming for students because we could sort of initial people are people keep talking about gaps in learning and I suppose I'm a little bit more reflective and sort of I, I don't yes there will be some gaps but I also think there's been some enhancements and it's not necessarily saying you know there's been this huge loss of learning mm -hmm. I think if we're going to think about loss of learning and loss of opportunity then I think we should also think about the other side of it, which is what has been enhanced, what have been the opportunities, what have been the benefits, because I, I think it's only fair if we're going to critically evaluate a situation that we do that in balance. Yeah. Um, and I think if we think about what have what what skills now need boosting as, mm -hmm. as students come into September or start in September, before we can do that we need to sort of initially assess skill, mm -hmm. knowledge and behaviours, mm -hmm. but we need to do that with a holistic view, in my opinion. It's not yeah. necessarily just about knowledge, skills and behaviours of an of a academic qualification. It's that yeah. wider lens, isn't it? What do I you couldn't think? agree more. I couldn't agree more with you. I think for next year, because of where we've been and where we're likely to be next year, which is potentially, I think, some disruption, even if we're optimistic that we're going to be in buildings more, I can't see that we're going to be completely back to being able to have that choice to be fully face-to-face -face. so I think this this thought about what kinds of skills do learners need digitally what are their skills for independent learning so if we're going to be setting tasks they need to do at home or collaboratively with with peers in the class which skills do we need to be looking at at the beginning of the year with them discussing front loading while we've got quick access to them that then we can capitalize on during the year as you rightly said I think learners have gained some skills this year and there's been different opportunities for independent learning for motivating yourself for structuring your own time for self-study and that's a skill set that maybe wasn't as developed in our pure face-to-face -face models which maybe were much more teacher controlled and teacher led in, in general so I think you're right there have been gains but now we have to fit those into the bigger holistic picture look at where learners are in terms of those skills and access and technology and all those things we know are important mm -hmm. and work on those in that first term to make sure learners are prepped to be as able in class and at home yeah. as we're going to need them to be i'm just i'm going to pick up on that independent learning um sort of the notion of independent learning because um often people talk about we need to develop independent learners yeah. um and the question always has to be, have you defined it? Mm -hmm. Because I often see lots of people talk about independent learners or independent learning, 
but if you ask 10 people in the same college what does that actually mean yes they would probably all give you a different answer yes I think it's really important that we define what independent learning is yes not not for everybody but in our own situation in our own context you know what what do we mean whoever that we is about around independent learning what do we mean and what behaviors are we expecting our students to develop and show if they're to be considered an independent learner because if we're not clear about that and we tell students they need to be independent learners it's like saying you need to get to this place on a map without giving them the direction yeah you know and I think that's where having that conversation about what is that independent learning skill what does that look like what do we want what behaviors do we want our students to exhibit yeah and then we have to teach them what that means and how to do that yeah um or at least support them to explore what it means for themselves and i think we just it's the same for resilience Mm. people talk about resilience all the time but no one's actually defined it to a point where it's understandable as to, to students as to what that means for them. Yeah. Um, and that conversation with each level, with each group, it would look different, wouldn't it? On, depending yeah. on your subject, depending on those behaviours that you need. But making that articulate, articulating that together, making it that explicit is, is a really big part of starting that conversation with the students in terms of modelling the behaviours and developing those. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's an interesting piece for people thinking this term if we want learners to be more active at home, if you want learners to be following up on activities in thoughtful, learning-focused ways, what kind of skills do we need to model? What do we need them to be doing in their own time? And how can we help them structure that productively? So yeah, it's, it's bigger than just the term, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it, there's lots to it. And, and often, I've just wrote down the word motivation, because mm. um, teachers can often say, well, our students aren't motivated or the students lack motivation. I mean, we've all been there, haven't we? Um, you know, yeah. and, um, and that's when it's connecting to this bigger sense of self or or a you know a bigger picture mm-hmm. and I think this is where some of the exciting conversations I've had recently about induction and the first six weeks of, of the new academic year there are opportunities popping up because of the delay in things that have happened through the year where actually for example events might have been postponed from May, June, and are now being held in September, October. Mm-hmm. And actually that's a real opportunity for the new students to be going out to events and for teachers to be thinking about how maybe that first six weeks is very project-based, mm-hmm. you know, project-based learning and um, employer-led scenarios, um, having you know that first six weeks where we have employers talk to students highlight the different types of careers in the industry mm-hmm. and get them working collaboratively go to events have online sort of guest speakers um you know all of these sort of really cool things that would engage students from the beginning because for me it's about them seeing themselves as part of an industry yeah if they can't see what it is or what it means or how exciting it is and what the developments in those industries are that they will have the opportunity to be part of they won't be motivated to 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 work for themselves yeah. so for me that first six weeks sort of flipping it on its head and thinking 
on a blank piece of paper, what's the most engaging, interesting first six weeks of next academic year? Yeah. And then saying, okay, how do we build initial assessment into that? Because I think we've kind of, there is a tendency to go, well, the first four, six weeks is about initial assessment. Um, well, it can be, but also I think it has to be about engagement and motivation. I think if you're, you're making a great point that if it's a project-based structure where maybe there's something very purposeful, very relevant, that will really strike a chord, will excite the students, within those activities that they're doing on their own and with colleagues, you can build in assessment of lots of aspects of skills, knowledge, behaviours. So you don't need to make it, we're doing initial assessment, you can make it, we're doing the project and I'm putting and threading the assessment techniques underneath that to gather my feedback and get a sense of my group. I think that's a richer and more interesting way of doing it when I used to work in a college in London I know the business team used to run the apprentice as their first six weeks project and they said we were working on planning skills um, collaborative skills in groups we were working on you know articulation of of, of English expressing ideas Mm -hmm. appropriate language Mm -hmm. presentation to each other in terms of how to present at a meeting so we were doing lots of vocationally relevant skills but underneath that we could look at lots of aspects of the initial assessment protocols which was fantastic so I think thinking about creative interesting relevant industry connected projects is actually a really exciting thing to think about and again would make the beginning of next year different which would be a shot in the arm also for for teachers in terms of planning which I think is important because there is a a sense at the moment of fatigue I mean I'm talking to people and people are immensely I mean exhausted and crawling to the summer trying to get through all the, the teacher assessed grades beginning to think about next year so having something that's new and different and maybe done collaboratively between teachers with groups could also be really an interesting thing to explore yeah totally and and I think it takes it back to that of the point I made just a little bit earlier about being clear about what we're trying to achieve yeah so um with students you know thinking about how do you put that message across in those early days around it not just being about a qualification it's whole person development it's immersing them in the industry that they're interested in it's um you know letting them see what their options are and what they can be part of but like you say this project-based approach I think is just really interesting because if we set out with a knowledge skills and behavior framework I'm quite visual, so that's how it exists yeah. in my head. Uh-huh. The knowledge, skills and behaviour framework that um, is very clear to students about if you're going to go into this industry, these are top 10 knowledge, skills and behaviour components. Yes, there's probably more than 10, but, you know, top 10. Mm-hmm. It gives a sense of clarity mm-hmm. about, okay, let's have a look at these. But as well as um, sh- staff designing induction and then including initial assessment as part of that from day one students are also being asked to reflect on those knowledge skills and behaviors themselves and as we know if you look at the evidence-based teacher learning approaches that have impact metacognition self-evaluation um thinking about how they've developed those skills and how they're going to do that in the future really is really powerful so getting Mm. them to reflect on all of these things and their experiences in that first six weeks will hopefully help to develop a sense of ownership around their learning and their their participation in in a course it's not about 
spoon feeding and um and just sort of keeping it i always think if we keep it just to qualification if that's our lens it's quite it's quite narrow it's quite small totally um, i don't think we've ever been that in fe i think actually teachers i i work with and have I've had contact with all through my career are all about developing the workers of the future the adults of the future they're, they're the bridge between school and the future professional life and they see themselves as as kind of the guardians of those values and those skills and those professional standards and helping learners to reach those to become the great professions of the future I think I think that's so powerful what you're saying about the importance of the reflection and the motivation and that building those threads into curriculum I think is so important the reflective thread of are we getting the students to notice what they're learning and how they're learning and how that fits into their bigger journey as a student and a future worker I think building those threads into curriculum is so important and, and in this year sometimes people have said to me they felt as if they've lost that reflective thread in the rush to just make curriculum work somehow as they've had to adapt in this yeah. in this kind of radical environment so I think for planning next year really useful for people to think about where does the reflective thread fit mm. into your scheme of work what kinds of activities and approaches are you going to use to get the learners to be reflecting on those aspects to build up their reflective capacity and their high order thinking mm. and linked to that how can teachers build their own reflection thread about their practice as next year rolls through and we become another type of blended learning delivery and FE because I think we're going to evolve again quite radically in the next year yeah no we are and I think there's going to be at least this next year where we continue to reflect develop evolve like you said there's yeah. a couple of things um just popping up in my mind that I've um people have been talking about one is looking at in terms of reflective practice so for students looking at the whole of the learner journey yes. and trying to figure out where does that reflection sit in that whole learner journey so yeah. yes for six weeks you know really important to establish a reflective practice yes things like tutorials whether that be group tutorials or personal tutorials in all of their different forms. Um, and I think that's where coaching models can be really powerful. We've still got a lot of personal tutorials that are um, maybe not wholly reflective from yeah. the student perspective. So I think there's some more work to do about making those um, sort of more coaching models that can be built into personal tutorials. And then the other play, uh, the other thing that people are doing is um, every term, there's a review and reflect week. They, yes. might, they might not necessarily call it that. And there's a danger that it can become a catch up week. Yes. Um, and that's where if you're operating a deficit model, you know, you let the students that are on track have free time uh -huh. and you those that are behind have to do sort of intervention and I don't think we should be in that place I think if if students are on track we should be rewarding them with master classes yeah. or you know employer you know exciting guest speakers or additional exciting things like social mm -hmm. media development or you know we could we can be creative there that if, if students are on track that's a more proactive approach yes. of, of reward and recognize rather than if you're behind you go in intervention yes um but i think also those those review and reflect weeks if we really look at coaching models how we um motivate students how we reward and recognize students for their efforts 
over the term, not necessarily, you know, people do certificates, people do, um, you know, no emails of uh, to parents or to students about, you know, their progress. But I think there's some creativity to be had there about how we do that. But thinking about that whole learner journey and how do we build reflective practice into progress monitoring, progress review. Yeah. I think there's something exciting there. And then there are, from a staff perspective, student um, teams are talking about how they're going to be having an hour a week that's protected time in mm. curriculum teams, which is, you know, it's not um, a new concept by any stretch, but people are giving it um, a bit of a name, you know, make it a bit gimmicky. It becomes a thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, colleges are latching on to that way of thinking that we do need the time and the space to reflect, but also this notion of um, collaborative inquiry yeah. and thinking about um, how we really improve what we do with the space to think about it. Listening to you, there's, there's two things that jump out for me, this notion of spaces and how we create them. Mm. And I think thinking about the students and the reflection on their skills and, and behaviors and experience, I think you're right that we can't be relying on one time point, if you like, on the calendar. What we need is really embedded reflective practice into programs where even during a session, if a learner's, do, learner's doing an activity, you might want to say at the end, have two prompt questions that learners discuss together or you discuss with the group around which skills have they practiced, which aspects of those skills do they feel they've done better on this time? Where do they still need to improve and why? So just very short very focused bits of high order thinking during a task after a task will build reflective skills mm -hmm. getting learners to do things like a learning journal I've heard lots of teachers saying to me they found that really powerful having some kind of logging sheet or prompt questions or grid that learners are filling in mm -hmm. reflecting on different tasks that they've done their work placement their their progress on assignments their experience of being in the classroom all of those kinds of things but building that more into the routine of life means that reflection is more an everyday part of thinking as opposed to just a one hit wonder twice a term yeah. as you rightly said the coaching thing is totally interesting as well tutors that I do work with when I do training on coaching skills often really get it they really get the value of building reflective conversation getting people to identify strengths looking for action points and all of those skills that come out of having great coaching skills so for tutors I think coaching skills training is actually an invaluable thing the collaborative inquiry thing with colleges is fascinating this last two years I've seen some colleges investing in a coaching and advanced practitioner team which has been fantastic I've seen lots of people creating the time on the timetable for different kinds of development and reflective practice to happen it's invaluable all the research around staff development shows you need protected time you need focus and facilitation and you need that sense of peer trust and enabling of really open conversations to happen but if you don't create the space that activity just can't happen collaboratively in the same way as if the timetable enables people to meet so for leaders I've been saying please 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 in your planning for next year make those spaces even if it's every few weeks yeah. it would make a difference or if it's at curriculum level and it's allocated to fit their scheduling it doesn't really matter it's just to enable people to get together purposefully to be thoughtful yeah and and um that word focus mm. 
keeps cropping up because yeah. we, do, we generally try to spin 20 to 100 plates at, at one time. Yeah. And I think there's real benefit in saying, okay, in this first term, these are going to be our three or four key things that are going to have significant impact on the learner experience and learning. And let's do those four things really well. Mm-hmm. But let's go all in with them. Let's let's in teams, let's use this sort of collaborative inquiry model to say, okay, how do we as a team, uh-huh. be different for every team, but how do we as a team make sure that every learner makes significant progress? Yes. But by the end of the first term, we're going to have absolutely nailed that question. Yes. And we're going to have tried lots of things and shared lots of things if we've got and I always choose four because three sometimes doesn't feel like enough and five feels like too many oh, too many yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> so I kind of tend to go with four which is just you know interesting but you know if we choose our four things let's do them and let's you know they could be quite broad so that question about how how do we ensure all learners make significant progress discuss mm-hmm that will tie in initial assessment it'll tie in start points it'll tie in challenge and teaching learning and engagement and independent learning and all of these things will will grow out of that question so you could end up choosing one or two big questions yes um but you could choose sort of you could be more specific and talk about you know, assessment for learning or personalization of learning or maths and English, you know, you could, you could be more specific, but I think by getting some focus and some clarity, it allows us to spend more intentional effort. Yeah, I agree. Because otherwise it can be a sprawl. Yeah. Can't it? I mean, and also there are so many things you could focus on. There's so much interesting research out there. Evidence base is a wealth of things. So that focus of actually in our context with our students, what are we noticing about the importance of getting that focus on skills in that first six weeks? What strategies do we already have that we can share together, which is a really useful thing to do at the beginning of any kind of collaborative um, development, I think. And then identifying within that maybe a few areas of, of, of practice that you're going to be focusing on, do some reading, do some sharing, maybe do some peer visiting, go and see each other. Mm even if it's 10, 15 minutes, see each other doing something related to the area you're trying to develop to see if it sparks thought, to see if it gives you something else you might want to adapt or develop on your own. That stimulus is is professionally so interesting, I think. I think if we've got those spaces in the timetable, I found I do a lot of work around supported experiments, which is a really exciting joint practice development action research model. And really to make that cycle work and to get the most from it, we need these spaces. Spaces. We need the little bit of meeting time so people can work in a cluster of teachers, maybe across the college, really working on a similar theme, or they can work in curriculum teams talking at a very subject focused level. Mm-hmm. And that's the space for sharing practice, identifying the focus, mm-hmm. reflecting on the glitches, talking about what else to try. We need that space to enable that reflective inquiry to happen and that sharing of practice to be shared across the piece that without that it's really really difficult to bring these things to life at an organizational level I think we've if we can yeah if there's anything coming out of everything that we've just said it's here's to a new year that is very reflective more reflective than it's yes. ever been before yes 
and um, people know where to find us don't they if they want to talk to us about reflective practice and collaborative inquiry and you know we I think that's why we've always got on so well is we kind of have that real similar approach in if we don't stop and think about it yeah you can't sort of really I loved what you said about you know we're not starting from ground zero we have lots of stuff that we already do that really works Uh uh-huh and yes. it's that strengths-based approach, isn't it? It's let's draw out everything that we're already really good at. What are we already really good at? Yes. Let's, let's highlight that. Yes. And that would be great to start next year like that. Yeah. And so empowering for teachers and so boosting, wouldn't it be? If if we said, actually, look how much we've learned, look how much we've gained, look how far we've come. Because when I talk to people, it's it's incredible what's been done in the last year. I mean, when you think about where we were when this all began and how people have put together really sophisticated, thoughtful, creative ways of delivering learning in different ways. They've integrated the face to face with the home packs, with the online learning, with the live sessions, with the synchronous and the execute, the juggling now to create this new incredible creature is is wonderful so we've had huge learning and we've got lots of strengths there that we can build on so I'm like you I'm hopeful that next year could be really exciting and more confident if we build enough reflective space to do the thinking together to harness all of that and to share those practices so that we're all supported as we move into the next stage of it all and there's a danger isn't there we put an hour on the timetable a week we do this top wheel we're going to invest in reflection but then the, the prompts or the questions we ask are not great yeah or a too narrative too narrative yeah yeah and too much what did you do as opposed to what did you learn what did you notice what effect did it have yes and I think that's going to be the key to how effective that hour a week is if people are going to go there go there but really be critical about what you're asking and how you set that up and what that looks like and how you get the most out of that time if you look at any of the positive psychology stuff that I'm you know a bit of a geek about it's focus on the strengths focus on the momentum focus on celebrating the wins Mm. and it is this positive focus yes um that's not at the exclusion of and how do we need to be better or this you know the best colleges have got this sort of really relentless continuous improvement message that goes out across the college yeah Um, but it has to be about the continuous improvement it's not about the measuring no you can measure some stuff and look at the impact of things we always have to sort of get the voices of the students telling us are they learning are they enjoying it etc but it's about the improvement strategies. If you don't have impactful improvement strategies, you've just been going around in a circle for years. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think in so many places there's been such an overfocus for for year well, for the last decade really on just measuring and then doing nothing about it. Immense resources, time, effort, protocols on trying to measure and pin down with very, very little resource, effort, thought, creativity connected to how do we actually grow, develop, enhance, improve. That is changing in some settings, but in some places where I work, there's still that overcommitment to the measuring at the exclusion of what the heck are we going to do about it? Or, how do we grow everybody? Yeah. Or there's that other bit, which is people are working really hard. They're putting loads of CPD sessions on, but it's not quite having the impact that we would think it would yeah. have because it's almost this, it's this 
some people call it like drive-by CPD. It's totally these sessions you need to attend. And you know, I, I'll choose I'll choose one that comes up all the time. Stretch and challenge. Yeah. People, <laughs> doing, <laughs> people are doing stretch and challenge training term, time, term yeah. after year after yeah. year. And no practice and shift. Not, and we're not better at it. No, but that's because it doesn't, if it is drive-by CPD, it's not engaging people in proper thinking about their practice and evolution of their practice, which is a, a thing where you need to sit with a colleague and, and think about your session plan and look at your resources together and discuss in a critical professional way and make tweaks and changes, go and try it, reflect and notice, gather learner feedback, come back together, think it through use your colleagues as a sounding board. That's what we need. We, and CPD research has been showing this. For, it does frustrate me, to be honest, this because it's yeah, been shown for a long time now. But that drive-by CPD, you may as well not spend the money. It's yeah. not going to give you anything. I think the, the, the stat I saw was less than 5% of people change anything after yeah. drive-by CPD where there's no follow-through into really deep personal engagement. So I think, fortunately, in many settings with advanced practitioners, with coaching teams, with the collaborative inquiry, we have models that are good on follow-through, personal engagement, action setting, but it's having the organisational commitment to the times and the spaces for those models to flourish, I think. So the two things fit together for me. Yeah. As usual, I feel a whole series coming on. <laughs> Um, and I'm sure we'll catch up in summer and um, share some more of our thinking of what we're seeing and what we're talking to people about. But thank you so much, John, for joining me today. It's been great. Great pleasure as always. OK, take care. Thanks for listening to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Leave us a voice message in Anchor. Tweet us and let us know what you think or what you want to hear on the show. Tune in next week for more. Have an amazing week and be the best version of you.